0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. It is Thursday. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at WinnersAndWiners.com. And I'm a co-host, Scott Rochelle,
1: senior handicapper over WinnersAndWiners.com.
0: And together, we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday. Try to uh, do our very best to help them, Scott, uh, head back to the window. Everybody asks us, what, what, what does that mean? It means when you have your winning tickets... Got to head back to the window to cash them, or in your case, you just refresh your app.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, pretty much.
0: So you can tell we lost the farm last night. Scott has been relegated to in front of the shed again. So you're back to the you're back to the shed, huh, buddy? I brought the hat this time. You got you do have the hat? Yeah, I brought the hat. Excellent news. Excellent news. By the way, welcome to the show, everybody. If you're wondering what I tortured Scott with before the show today, I tortured him with my Sharona by the Knack. And The Stockyards by Casey Donahue. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Scott, uh, you ever heard either one of those songs?
1: Uh, I know my Sharona, okay. of course.
0: Very underrated. Uh,
1: the other one, The Scrapyard, no.
0: Okay. <laughs> the Scrapyard.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, that one I don't know.
0: Uh, we'll say hi to folks out there in the comment section. David Good checking in from sunny Arizona. What up, David? We got a little of that Phoenix in the winter uh, weather here in Kansas City today, about 70 degrees Wind blowing out at Royal Stadium, so of course they've scored one run so far in the afternoon delight. So,
1: yeah, the Yankees have zero. So you know,
0: <laughs> well the Royals do too. Yeah, it wasn't the Royals that scored? So, JC Stone in the hizzy. What up, JC? Uh, James Mounts. Hello to you, sir. And uh, yeah, it's good to be here, man. It's, uh, how'd your day go yesterday, Scott? Had a little, uh, had a little action going in the NBA and uh, NHL, finishing up their regular season. Some. Some soccer happening across the pond. What'd you uh, What'd you get on? And what'd you hit?
1: Yeah, it went pretty well. I had Drummond under eight and a half rebounds. He had zero in the second half, so that was a nice winner there. So you kind of you kind of called
0: that right, and you kind of called it wrong. You said he wouldn't yeah, play he played more minutes than I yeah, thought. Play, but he, I
1: was right about him being forced to guard on the perimeter the entire time. Yeah,
0: he played 24 minutes, and yeah, just didn't get any rebounds. So what else did you have?
1: Uh, besides that, I said on the Morning Wood show, besides the Drummond prop. I liked the Padres, minus one and a half against the Reds. Mostly just fading the Reds because they're awful. Yep. And what do you know? they lost again by multiple runs. Yep. But yeah, pretty good day overall. Can't complain. It's been a nice streak for the free plays. And hopefully that keeps, it, keeps uh, going on Thursday.
0: Killing it. Well, sad to say, uh, DiMaggio's streak is still intact as, as uh, my streak came to an end yesterday on plays of the day. As I uh, snuck in... Snuck in a good number, Scott. Got a little, 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 little closing line value beat there as we probably beat a half no point. No trash point. can, just value. Just value, baby. And uh, had Chicago Milwaukee under 225. It's pretty much a fight the whole way. They were right on it the whole way. It was. I was watching that game, keeping track of it constantly. And of course, I had to sacrifice every other pick I made. So the day before, I hit everything but my play of the day. Yesterday, I hit only my play of the day. As a Houston, uh, absolutely no shoot, no show against Otani. Otani must be a big fan of the show. Ever since we roasted his pitching, he's been good. And uh, Washington, uh, don't look now, Scott, that team can't pitch. Arizona puts up uh, fucking half a dozen or a, or a dozen on them or whatever it was. So uh, yeah, there you go. And had Blue Jays, Red Sox for the farm. We're going to talk about that in a minute. That wasn't that wasn't I looked really good early. Mm, it certainly did. It certainly did. Andrew in the house. What up, Andrew? What just happened? He's here. It's a Great Scots live. That's what we should call the show, Great Scotts. So, and for those of you that uh, listen to uh, V Sin, if you be listening to Mitch and Polly in the morning, I will be doing a special guest spot next week, probably Wednesday, uh, from what I hear. Uh, talking about that, those guys get up early, Scott. Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. I think mean, six, seven o'clock in the morning. I I'm saying there. with the time difference as well. Oh, those guys get, oh, that's brutal. Yeah, I think they start, they start at 7 Eastern, right?
1: I believe so. So yeah. they're up like 4 a.m. local. Oh, well,
0: they're on the air at 4 a.m. local.
1: Yeah. They're up at well, 2.30 what or whatever. They are yeah. just, it's, it's a graveyard shift extraordinaire. That's I, mean, mon- I don't know what else to call it.
0: That's monstrous right out there, man. That is absolutely monstrous. Uh, so, call about the, uh, call a foul with four seconds left, Scott. You want to talk about that?
1: Uh, well, Grayson Allen allegedly got hit, and they decided to review it to see if it was a foul or if there was time on the clock. He bricked the first one, so Grayson Allen is a gambling fan, I suppose, because he helped your ass.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. That was a a very fortuitous chunk there, Grace and Grayson Allen, pretty good free throw shooter, so we will yeah. absolutely take that. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's exciting. Uh, Got a lot of things going on. Uh, Playoffs starting to get good. I don't know. I don't know if anybody from the East is going to beat whoever comes out of the West, man. Uh, I think it's going to be a situation where we've got the uh, conference championships are going to be more like the NBA championships for me, but we'll see what happens. Scott, do you like anybody out of the East to uh, take care of business there against either Golden State or Phoenix?
1: I think if I had to pick one team right now to come out of the East. I would probably go Boston. Yeah. I think Boston's going to face Miami in the conference finals. Okay. Uh, No offense to Philly. Props to them for being up 3-0 on Toronto. Of course, Barnes got hurt and everything like that. Philly would have won the series anyway. But Miami just has more, I'd say, quality depth. And Toronto has a lot of guys who are pretty good. They're not exactly capable of taking over games. We saw Jimmy Baller take over Game 2 against Atlanta. But Miami, I feel like, is just more physical than Toronto on a regular basis, yep. which makes me wonder if Harden will eventually start to wear down as the playoffs go on for a month and change. But I think Miami would win a competitive series in six or seven. They also would have home court in that series, of course, as the number one overall seed. If you want to ask me my thoughts on the actual conference finals, nah. I have Heat Celtics in the Eastern Conference – I'm not sure about Phoenix. I'm going to give it to him now, even right. though Booker might be out for another two, three weeks. But I'm going Phoenix and Golden State. Yeah, I think that's...
0: I don't think... it's a, That's a lot less controversial than your Eastern call. Um, so, hey, quick reminder, everybody. While, while, while I got you here, um, give us the like, hit that thumbs up for the video, of course. And get subscribed to our channels. Get subscribed to our Winners and Winners YouTube channel. And And, hey, if you're not watching this live, if you're watching this on a replay, pause it right now. Go over to, uh, open up another window. You can do it. Open up another window for the Max Wagers Network YouTube channel. Get subscribed over there. Click the bell. Get notified every time we put up brand new content. Because starting on Monday, the live version of this here show, Scott, this this show right here, or right here on our really big shoe, only going to be available at the Max Wagers Network uh, on a live basis. So make sure that you get subscribed over there. Do it. Do it. All the cool kids are doing it. Get over there. Get over there. Come on now. You know you want. Uh, Frank White in the house, uh, Hall of Fame uh, second baseman for the Kansas City Royals. Ho- Royals Hall of Fame, not, not baseball Hall of Fame. But. Same guy. I don't think it is. That'd be my guess. Yeah. Uh, he is a uh, county executive, by the way, here in, uh, in Kansas City right now. He's uh, doing the political thing. So, anyway, make sure you get like and subscribe, do all that, and of course check out the great deals we have got going with a couple partners of ours we have a uh, baseball special that's still being run by DraftKings going to be good through the 1st of May so hustle up you got about a week plus uh $5 $5 Scott, that's all you got to bet that's all you got to bet any money line baseball game you bet 5 bucks or more you receive $200 in free bets of course you have to be physically located in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West or Wyoming, and West Virginia have to be 21 years of age or older, except in New Hampshire and Wyoming, where fuck anything goes. You can have like seven-year-olds in there betting. They don't care. No, you have to be 18. So, um, all you have to do, you have to make a deposit of five dollars or more in your sportsbook account, make that bet between today and the first of May, and you get 500 or 200 bucks in free bets in addition to any winnings, of course, that your bet would uh, generate. Use the promo code W-A-W-V-I-D-E-O. That's Winners Winners video, and the link is in the description of today's video, Scott. Uh, speaking of, uh, I, I, although I, I love their code, that morning Morning Seizure is the code for Alley Show. Ours isn't exciting. Tell us uh, what we got going over there at uh, Caesar Sportsbook.
1: So at Caesar's, if you want to place an $1,100 bet, it uh, could be lower, but that's the ceiling for this promo. And you're and you're new to the Caesar book. They give you a money-back guarantee. So if you place a first-time wager of up to $1,100 and you lose, you get it back in the form of a free bet. So it's an insurance policy built in for your first wager with Caesar's. Promo code A-T-S-W-I-N-S-C-Z-R. That's right.
0: There you go. Uh, David said Frank White was discovered uh, via the Royals Academy, a short-lived deal that they tried to uh, reach out to local kids, and uh, yeah, that's absolutely correct. He went to Lincoln High School, which was right in the shadow of the old uh, municipal stadium there on Brooklyn, right uh, right up the street from the best barbecue joint in the world, Scott. So if you ever come to Kansas City, I'll take you there. Okay. Brian's, Brian's Barbecue. Uh, do, 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 do. There's no link. What? There's no link for in the description? What? No link in the description? All right, I have to check. I set, scandalous! I set those all up. That uh, I can't even. I can't even blame other people on that, Scott.
1: Well, so, you can. It'd just be a waste of time,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of a douche move. I don't know. I don't know who's responsible for getting that shit going. Waste of time. Okay. Okay. Uh, there it is. Uh, hang on. I'm looking. It's right there. Look harder. Look harder. Who's who said that? Is that Lex? Lex, come on! Uh, all on the Max Wages Network page. Oh, sorry. I got to. I got to pay attention. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I will make. I will make that adjustment because it should be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You hate when people say that, Scott. They're like, uh, what? When they it say it should be something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Lex, it's over there too, buddy. I'm looking at it right now. It's, you you got to scroll down, brother. It's 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 way down there, but it's basically the uh, it's basically the end of all the uh, the verbiage there for the thing. All right, so all right, uh, no no uh, no uh, on no first running on on Nerfies, Uh What variables are the most important? Uh, I would look at, of course, who's pitching, what their tendencies are. They're a slow starter. Um, I also want to Splits know what's
1: with hitters in the top of the order versus the starting pitcher.
0: Yep, and I also want to know what that team's proclivities are for scoring versus not scoring in the in the uh, in the first inning. We're about eleven games into the season now. I'm not sure we've got quite enough of a a body of work to uh, to. Well,
1: Baltimore's do it. zero and eleven, so you know, there you go. To the under. They've yet to score run in the first
0: inning. Oh, they're they're zero and eleven on the Nerfie too.
1: Well, I'm, I don't know about the Nerfie because they've given up runs in the first inning. Okay. But them, offensively, they've scored zero.
0: No, oh, okay. Okay. Cool. But Lex, yep, that's absolutely right. Had to, had to scroll further down. I feel better now. I uh, think the Yankees
1: have cashed a bunch of no-run first innings. They ended up hitting a Yurfy a couple days ago because of a Donaldson pop-up that went three inches that fell into the infield for two runs, but... Yeah, the Yankees have not been good in the first inning either. Do
0: you say, generally speaking, that you would translate success being an under-team or an over-team to a corresponding bet to make in the first inning? In other words, if you're a team that has shitty pitching but decent offense, does that translate into something you would your fee more? I think
1: it could, but a lot of it, once again, is matchup-based where I don't blindly look at a team unless the trends are extremely noticeable. Right. where you're just blindly going to take a yes run or a no run. But when a team's 0-11, like the Orioles when it comes to scoring, and half of the battle of the inning is, of course, you know one of the teams scoring, and if they're not doing that, then your implied odds of success drastically increase. So based on that, I do think you can blindly play the Orioles or the Yankees, at least until somebody scores something. But at the end of the day, the Yankees and the Orioles, and really a lot of teams in baseball, have been quite underwhelming offensively. Yep. Even in the full game, not just the first inning, which is why you have seen a lot of baseball totals for seven, seven and a half, and even with bad pitchers.
0: Yep. And we're starting to yeah, you know, we're starting to see six and six and a halves with you know good pitchers, but not that ace ace matchup that you usually have to we see We six that. and
1: a half with Rodon and Bassett yesterday. That's what I'm like, saying. That would never happen that's what I'm a couple saying. years ago.
0: Um so I don't know. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. There's the the weather has tended to be a little colder across the country. There hasn't been like patches of great weather uh, on a consistent basis. But I, I want to do some digging to see what we've got and see what the whispers are at this point um, because I and I and I want to make sure that our anecdotal recall here is accurate that the, that scoring actually is down because it certainly seems like it is to me.
1: Yeah, it definitely is.
0: Uh, Bill McDonald said, Can't believe Chelsea lost to Arsenal yesterday when they lose four to four to two, Scott. Kind of an upset there. Definitely right? like
1: that. It was, yeah. it was tied two to two at the half. So, you know, it was crazy because you have four goals in the first half. But yeah, Arsenal lost over the weekend to Southampton, and Southampton's been a mess. And then Arsenal decided to score four goals. And I guess Chelsea's defense took the day off.
0: There you go. Uh, somebody asking us about the Grizzlies. Uh, I, don't want, I don't want to do the uh, dick move here, but we will have a pick on that game later in the show. Yeah. So, um, are there more Nerfies early in the season, asked David Good. Again, anecdotally, I would say yes, because pitchers come out of spring training ahead of hitters, generally speaking. The weather's colder, the ball doesn't travel as well, et cetera, et cetera. Again, uh, I don't I don't have I don't have the stats in front of me, but anecdotally I would say that is absolutely true. Scott, would you agree with that?
1: It feels that way. Now, I'm not sure if that's fully weather-based or maybe the batters are behind the pitchers with the limited spring training. I'm curious if that's a possibility too, but some of it could just be offensive philosophy. P- teams are so focused on the home run ball, and truth is, it seems like baseballs have not been traveling as far in the early portion of the season. Mhm. Where it's more difficult for teams to manufacture runs via multiple batters it seems like a lot of teams have fully embraced league-wide the importance of the home run that you don't see many sack bunts you don't see many hit and runs stolen bases are non-existent anymore when it comes to finding ways to score runs via three singles and a bunt you really don't get that anymore i am curious if that plays a factor, I got to assume it does.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So If if
1: every batter you have is a checker or wrecker at the top of the lineup and the balls are not traveling as far as they have been in years past for whatever reason, then you're going to wreck a lot more than you're going to check.
0: By the way, if anybody nationwide starts using that term in reference to baseball, they owe us money because we absolutely invented checker or wrecker for baseball hitting. Sorry. I'm, we're taking, we're taking, I think it works really well. In this of course situation, it does. It? Yeah, it's perfect. That's, that's how I said it. So, yeah. uh, let's talk about what happened yesterday, Scott. I know we talked about it a little bit here. Let's make it, let's make it official, shall we? Let's, uh, let's break into the fun. And by the way, one more time, do like and subscribe. Max Wagers Network. You guys know the drill. I hate to, hate to keep hitting you over the head, but you know what? I will. So, but let's find out what happened, happened yesterday. Let's have a little fun. Let's find out who took it in the shorts. Who took it to the bank? Who's the winners? Who's the whiners? It's Thursday. Let's find out who's got to get out their fancy flip phone. And what do they got to do, Scott? They got to call them cops. I said they got to call the cops. Very good. Very good indeed. We're going to start off in the major leagues. Perhaps, excuse me, perhaps you had this play, Scott. I know I did. Perhaps some of our fans had this play. The Blue Jays, Red Sox, over nine, had six runs in the first two innings, including a five spot from the Blue Jays. Yeah, looking good, baby. We just need uh, three runs to push, four runs to win in the next seven innings. Scott, how many we get? Uh, One. One! One more run by the uh, Blue Jays, Red Sox. Dreadful. Um, And, again, we talked about... uh, we we talked about uh, Barrios, the pitcher for Toronto. We roasted him a little bit. Somebody in the comment section defended him quite well. He struggled he early. Struggled a little he had... early, as in the case with many good pitchers. You got a little shot at him early. That window eh, opened just a little bit. But if you don't go, if you don't go crashing through that window in the first second inning, it's over, man. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. Barrios found his footing, and uh, yeah, had a real nice, real nice outing the end of the day if you had the uh if you had the over there you thought you were in great shape and then you weren't call the cops
1: and looking at the second one it was kind of a similar story but an even worse beat if you had the angels and the astros over eight and a half well the angels scored six runs in the top of the first inning and that was it you had eight and a half innings of no runs and the game ended six nothing that's rough
0: it really is. And lastly, it's the first time that this has come into play this season. This is I still put forth that this is the all time bad beat. Dumbest whenever, rule in that. whenever this happens to you, it is absolutely horrific. Stupid fucking rule. You had the Rays Cubs over nine. Congratulations. They had ten runs in the first five innings. You're a winner. Nope. The game was called after six innings due to rain still a legal game still an official result except that ticket no fucking good uh the bets were voided on both sides call if you read the, the fine cops.
1: print you have to play eight and a half innings for a baseball wager to count or in the previous years a seven inning double header but you, you get the idea i'm not the saying is, i'm not, it not saying it's a Supreme surprise
0: rule it's just a stupid fucking rule yeah
1: since the game was called prematurely, even though you automatically won your over bet, it's impossible to score negative two runs right yeah you, you have to get a refund for that.
0: It's a nice little loophole for the books and and I get it and I get it if you if you've got the under there yeah. y- you know um, it's it's a great deal for you, but total bets should be now here's the other the other side of this Scott is if you've got the over. And you've got the over nine and a half, and they're at nine, and you're like, "Well, fuck they're at
1: nine, If they're at one and the game's called in right. the sixth inning,
0: right? You're like, "Well, I, I was just on the verge of breaking through." So, I mean, I see that part of it, but I, I think if you cash your ticket, if you cash an over, it's, it's over, right?
1: I'm a fan of the tennis rule for most, uh, for some books, which is that if a player retires mid match. But no matter what happens, the outcome automatically would have won. So if you have a spread, you have like plus five and a half games, and the guy's up ten games or something, and you're in the fourth set or whatever, then even though it ends early and the guy retired, you win. Some books do that. Other books don't. What about the other side of it? I'm curious, since this is pretty rare. It happens probably, what, three times a year, four times a year maybe?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something give like or that. take. Yep. Do
1: you think one sports book paying out winners in this situation would get a bunch of extra customers, or do you think it's too rare? Uh,
0: I think you'd get a few. I'm not sure they'd be okay. they'd be beating a path to your door, but it certainly would be a feather in your cap if I'm looking to make, if I've if I've got two books with uh, equal odds, I would yep. I would definitely make a total bet on the one that pays you uh, by result when the game is called. So in tennis, Scott. Now you you said if you've if you're laying four and a half and they've won and they're up by ten games, you win. If you're laying ten and they're up by four and a half, do you lose?
1: Uh, that's actually a good question. I'm pretty sure you lose.
0: See, that's that's if that's my problem with that. You
1: lose if it automatically cannot change. So if okay, you so are, that could have changed. Yes, yeah, so if you're getting plus seven and a half yeah. games, right, and you're in the fifth set. Okay, and you are down one game. So if
0: you're mathematically eliminated... If
1: you mathematically okay. win or lose, it's graded accordingly.
0: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm okay with that.
1: Which I think is fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. If I'm mathematically beat, go ahead and fucking call it a game. I'm I'm fine yeah. with that. All right. So, there was some good news out there, Scott. Maybe you didn't have a rain-out game. Maybe you had a nice, easy victory. Maybe you spent your night, kicked back, having a nice, uh, maybe a little Cavassier, a uh, fine cigar... Just relaxing because your bets had already won and you're sitting in the rocking chair.
1: So, first one, if you had the under in the 76ers and Raptors game, total was 216.5. You had 190 in regulation, but they don't call it under time. Now, actually, wait a second. This time they did because the game landed 205 after overtime. Anytime that a total is 10-plus points under – with an extra five minutes, that's a rocking chair.
0: Yes, sir. Absolutely correct. Uh, they also they also say overtime generally doesn't figure uh, favor the underdog better, and that was the case last night as uh, Philadelphia was able to uh, sneak out the win there.
1: Yeah, Rick, for the Drummond bet, I just said before that he went under the rebounds, that I won. That that was the only thing we talked about.
0: Did you did you want to uh, tell everybody that somebody roasted you in your comment section for your winning bet?
1: Oh, it was actually kind of funny. Somebody in my comment section, after the game was over, tweeted like or posted, sorry, wrong, wrong exclamation point. Like, what is this? And he posted it after the play already won. <laughs> so it's wrong on so many different levels. I just got really confused.
0: Oh god. You know that you know there's an edit button there, folks. You know, you can I, I don't know. He's like, delete it's wrong. Shit. I'm like, I
1: it, it already won. Like what are you what are you even talking about?
0: <laughs> That's just so excellent. Hey. Yeah, the Guardians on the money line against the White Sox. They led 10 zip after two innings. And there's a, yeah, no rainouts, no bullshit.
1: Yeah, Keuchel was not very good yesterday.
0: Keiko, not very good. Not very good. Aid all. Uh, Guardians in that one uh, 11 to 1.
1: And the last one if you had the Cardinals and Marlins under seven and a half, Alcantara and run support don't really go well together. And you had no runs in the first eight innings. The Cardinals scored two in the top of the ninth. The Marlins, of course, did not score anything, and the game landed two.
0: I will say that the teams we talked about being good under teams have been good under teams so far. And one of and one yeah, of because every team's been a good under team. Well, just, one of the big ones It feels was, that way. Was, besides the Rangers, was the, besides Ma- the Rangers. was the Marlins. We talked about the Rangers being a great over team. Talking yeah. about the Rangers being able to bop and having no pitching. Cardinals have all. Or Marlins have all pitching, no hitting. So. All right, I think we need to talk about this because you're uh, you're, you're going to go see this game. You're going to go, and uh, it's going to could, could be ugly, Scott. So let's talk. Let's talk about your hometown team there just a little bit, and we'll get into it by talking about why they're not making you mad, Scott, but they are definitely making you uh, disappointed, my friend.
1: I'll let you speak to this. So it's the Brooklyn Nets, and there's a lot of different angles you can go at. You could blame Durant, you could blame Kyrie, you could blame Steve Nash. We're just going to push that to the back burner a little bit. We're just going to focus on the fourth quarter, because the Brooklyn Nets were winning after three quarters, came out and scored four points in the first eight minutes and 14 seconds of the fourth quarter and that was with Katie and Kyrie on the court for a decent portion of that four points in eight plus minutes to start the court.
0: It's not it's ideal. Not it's not ideal.
1: good. Not great. And not only did they lose, they also didn't cover. Mm. Now you can blame Katie because of course he's the face of the team. People compare him to LeBron all the time in terms of being the best player of this generation, basically, but either way, I'm not going to blame Durant and Kyrie. You can. I'm going to blame Steve Nash. All right. Because I don't know what the hell the Nets were even doing offensively. They don't run plays. They just let Durant get the ball with five seconds on the shot clock and tell him do something. Great. Now, does does KD need to play better? Yes. I'm not excusing him for playing terribly. I'm just saying Steve Nash has done absolutely nothing to get his players in prime positions to succeed. And I blame that on coaching.
0: Okay. Do you have anything Uh,
1: you want to add? No. You want to blame Durant? You want to blame Nash more? Because I really don't know what the game plan was for the Nets. They don't run plays. They don't call timeout when the other team's on a massive run. All Nash does is clap. He's Jason Garrett. I don't know what you want him. Like, he's just bad. He can't coach. All he does is clap. (laughs) I'm not joking, though. Watch him on the sidelines every time Boston scores a basket. He just does like a calm down thing, followed by a clap, and he yells flow. That's the only play they run. And flow isn't even a play. Flow just means do something and see what happens. That's their play. They run a rec league offense for 48 minutes. Call some plays. Try to get somebody open. Maybe try a pick and roll with Kyrie and KD. Try something.
0: Okay. Okay. Right. Just
1: saying. Try something.
0: Do something. Flow. Flow, for God's sakes.
1: Once again, KD sucked last night. But I think we can agree with Boston basically double-teaming him every possession. Nash could have tried to scheme something to make it a little bit easier. Okay. What do you think?
0: I agree. I agree. I thought they looked disjointed there in the fourth quarter. I was I was surprised that the offense was as inefficient as it was, and it wasn't like they were – it wasn't like they were missing shots. It was like it was just wasn't like they had any competent plays going on. Like the guys, no, the, the there's spacing no was no
1: cohesion. There was no fluidity. The it spacing was, was terrible. Spacing
0: things. was terrible. They're not getting. They're not getting any open looks. I just thought it was dreadful. Now I know Boston could have made some adjustments, but I don't think they made that many adjustments.
1: Yeah. All now right. KD was still careless with the ball. Turned the ball over like six times. Yep. Kyrie kind of stood in the corner. He didn't really touch the ball at all in the fourth quarter, but. It was just coaching. You could tell that at half. Well, I'm not, gonna six, first... I'm not going to blame six.
0: I'm not going to blame six turnovers on a coach. Sorry.
1: No, no, no. I'm saying that that, that was my point. My point is that KD did not play well, and I am going to criticize him for those turnovers. But I'm saying for the actual fourth quarter collapse, that's mostly coaching. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: Okay. Well, you've got to, and there's some tools at your disposal. You can call better timeouts. You can make adjustments in personnel and in defense and things like that to set up your offense better. And I don't think he did any of those things. So, um, Scott, there was some that you, uh, if you had the 76ers, you probably, uh, you probably raised a, raised a, uh, alcoholic beverage to this guy. Maybe you probably, maybe you had a little 420 treat to celebrate, whatever it was, cheese um, a little cheese steak on the side, whatever. Um, let's find out who it was. Let's, uh, let's get out our, uh, let's get out our trumpet, Scott, because, uh, Somebody out there was the definite gambling hero of the day. So, Scott, overtime is winding down. Philadelphia 76ers tied with Toronto. They got a chance for one more shot. I think it's going to be a three-pointer. If you're the 76ers, who do you want taking that three-pointer, Scott? Maybe Maxie? uh harris
1: and fouled out so he wasn't an option
0: sonia uh, Henney's yeah, out
1: probably around there
0: even uh niang makes two-thirds of his uh three-pointers he's two for three per night uh but they decided to put it in the hands of the uh of the big man scott not clarence clemens to put it in the hands of uh, joel Embiid, and he drained that motherfucker now he uh he's not a stranger to three pointers, shoots about four a night, makes uh thirty-three percent of them. So he's not a uh it's you know it's not it's not man bites dog, but mm, probably not the way they drew it up, huh, Scott?
1: Uh definitely not, but it was a weird situation where the shot clock was running down and B lost the ball. He chucked up a one-handed shot from half court, which went right off the backboard, but Doc Rivers sprinted down the bent, down the sideline to call a timeout before Embiid chucked it. Should have been a technical foul. He crossed half court. He called timeout. You're right. not allowed to do that. But either way, that got the Sixers another possession, so to speak, with .9 on the shot clock. My main question for Toronto, if you're going to leave one guy wide open from an out-of-bounds play with .9 seconds left, how the hell do you let Embiid get wide open?
0: I don't know. I mean, that's – um, although – Again, is that the first guy you're going to make sure you cover? I don't with, care. With point nine they seconds, they need left? a
1: three. You just you you cannot let Embiid touch the ball.
0: Well, you can't. I would say you you can't let him touch it inside of the perimeter.
1: Well, the truth I, is, even if he touches it, you can't give him an open basket. He was wide open.
0: Well, that's true. They they had obviously made the decision to cover everybody else. A lot of those guys that we mentioned at the top of this hit. But uh, yeah, he he did his thing, man, and that's. If you're in the NBA, there's a really good chance. If you, what do you, what do you think the, what do you think the average, like a, a bad NBA three point shooter, what do you think they shoot without anybody on them? You, th- you think most of them shoot forty percent
1: with nobody on them? Yeah, I would yeah. say a bad shooter is probably around thirty five percent.
0: Okay, okay. So you take you take the worst center, you take the worst five in the league that never fucking shoots threes.
1: I'm not saying Shaq's going to make 35% if you leave him wide open, but I think that Embiid is is skilled enough to make a three-pointer when he needs to. Yeah,
0: like I said, he, he he shoots 33% on the on the year, so uh he's definitely a guy they can knock down a three, so.
1: Yeah, so he's was 33 on the year, wide open, I'll bump Embiid up to around 37%, 38%. Andrew, said,
0: Andrew said Embiid shot curved in mid-air. So that couldn't have been done by magnets uh, at the rim like a David Blaine insinuates. But losers.
1: It says lasers.
0: Oh, uh, lasers and the overhead cameras uh, could achieve that. I don't know. So we're saying somebody was able to guide that ball in the air while it was in the in, air. In Toronto. Huh. I don't know, man. I I can't. I can't go down that. I. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ever like just dismiss something out of hand, but I would say I've seen nothing convincing as far as evidence goes, that would indicate that's even remotely possible. Scott.
1: That just sounds made up. I'm gonna be more blunt about it. No, I just think Embiid's a great player, made a great shot. Okay. All right.
0: That's, that's fair enough. I mean, it seems, I I
1: mean, some counting money. It's a little, it's a little bit tricky because Embiid went from crying to having his great moment yesterday. I'm sure Embiid would have rather have won that game against Toronto in Game 7 than a Game 3 where his team was already up 2 nothing. It's a great moment. You know, him and Toronto have had some issues in the past. Drake uh, sitting courtside yelling at him every time. Embiid telling Drake after the game they're going for the sweep. I think they'll get it, but that's a separate story. We'll save that for tomorrow's breakdown. But at the end of the day, I do think that Embiid would easily trade that three-pointer from last night for Kwai's shot and missing and then potentially winning game seven in overtime just saying
0: yeah probably right all right let's take a look at tonight's action uh as we talked about we're gonna have a play from the Memphis Minnesota game so Scott let's take a look at this Dallas and Utah contest looks like uh Luca has been downgraded to doubtful for this one so by uh by all indications he will not be playing damn it uh,
1: Luca you're the chosen one damn it man <laughs>
0: Uh, Dallas was able to sneak out a victory there in game one. They go to Utah tied at one apiece. It does take a little bit of the pressure off of Luka, and that's what we talked about, that he might feel a little more pressure to come back. If they were down 0-2, they're not. Is this a sacrifice game for Dallas, Scott?
1: Sacrifice is a strong word, because I don't think Utah's good enough that you can sacrifice games, because I think even when you might try to sacrifice a game, Utah's bad enough to let you hang around. No, no, you,
0: you take it. You take it.
1: I don't know what you think, but I'm assuming you would agree that Utah has really struggled to even take advantage of a Luka-less Dallas team. And we saw that Dallas embraced the Clipper strategy we saw from last year, which is put a center in who could shoot threes, attempt 50 threes per game, and maybe you could beat Utah. Yeah. And that seemed to be what happened in game two. Now, of course, people are going to roast Gobert because he's the defensive player of the year. Hopefully, he's won numerous times. The more that I've actually watched that series, the less I've blamed Gobert for his defense. Now, offensively, Gobert's been a mess. There's really no other way around it. He's been terrible offensively. But I don't know what Gobert is is supposed to do when he's the rim protector. Every guard that Utah has is getting blown past on every possession, Jalen Brown, uh, sorry, uh, Brunson has forty, and I'm supposed to get mad at Gobert.
0: Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have. He's supposed to do. He doesn't have nine foot arms, so that's I... the
1: point. You you're gonna lose either way because either Gobert chases Kleber at the three point line and gives up a wide open layup to Dimwitty or Brunson, or he stops the layup and somebody's wide open for three. Stop blaming Gobert. Blame Connolly, blame Bogdanovich, blame Donovan Mitchell. Because all three of them have been awful on defense the entire series. Gobert can only cover up so many mistakes. I'm giving him a pass. He's gonna get the bad rep, he's gonna get the blame for it. He doesn't deserve it for the defense. That is not his fault.
0: Somebody says you guys had the uh have the over on the Bulls game. What happened? Uh au contraire, I had the I had the under.
1: No, we had the under.
0: Yeah, I had it as my play of the day, so...
1: We were on total chaos. We both liked the under.
0: Yep, yep, yep.
1: What happened? We liked the under, so it went under.
0: Yep. Uh, Blame Quinn Snyder and his bad defensive schemes. Uh, The schemes
1: aren't good, at two, but, I mean, am I supposed to really blame Gobert for Brunson going for 40 points?
0: No. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean... In the NFL, you go, well, it's a, it's a, it's a defensive group effort. And if they, yeah. they score a bunch of points, you go, well, the defense sucks. But in the NBA, if you've got one guy that's head and shoulders good defensively and that team gives up a shit ton of points, you're going to blame the one guy that's good def- defensively, even if he doesn't match up positionally with the guys that were causing the problems. And that's the case with Gobert. So, yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you. It's, it's not like he's getting dominated in, in, the, in the paint. It's not like he's not being all of a sudden not protecting the rim. It's He's still
1: averaging like 17 rebounds per game in the right. series. Right. You you you, you
0: know? put you you put it exactly correct. The the guards are not don't have this don't have the speed to keep up with the uh, with the Dallas guards. And we talked about it before the games. Without Lucas, sometimes these teams develop different personalities, run different schemes. They generally tend to speed up when they when they've when they've lost somebody that they run the offense through. They t- attempt more shots and oftentimes uh, a little bit more efficient. So. I think we saw that now.
1: I'm just going to say, if you want to blame Gobert for what happened, if Whiteside was playing 30-something minutes instead of Gobert, Dallas would have 130 every game.
0: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Just Uh, saying. Or uh, David Goodberg Gobert's no Adams.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Adams can't be on the floor. Gobert needs to be on the floor.
0: I was going to say, if they're playing Adams, they're putting up 135.
1: (laughs) Gobert's the only one who keeps these games close defensively, but that goes back to what we saw with Utah. In the fourth quarter, they fall apart. It's because Gobert, as great as he is defensively, he's terrible offensively. He has no talent whatsoever. He's a putback dunk lob guy, which is fine. You know, embrace your role, whatever. But it means the defense can switch every pick and roll, and they can have Brunson guarding Gobert under the basket, and they're not going to pass Gobert the ball. So you're helping Dallas out defensively by not exploiting Go Bears matchup against a guy who's seven inches shorter than him in the paint.
0: Right. Yep. Agreed. So that being said, who are you on tonight?
1: I'm taking the points. Okay. Now Utah at home should probably win, but I can't ignore the fact that Dallas has accepted the common obvious move, which is to trade threes for twos. Dallas Mm -hmm. is going to try to shoot 50-something three-pointers every game. They're going to try to hit 20 and dare Utah to make a bunch of mid-range floaters. And they're going to hope that their threes do enough in order to offset the twos. I think they can, but do I want to lay seven with Utah? Hell no. No, I'm not laying seven with Utah. I hate this damn team. No,
0: not, not a chance. And you've got and you've got two teams that are, uh, Dallas good on the road, Utah, not great at home, just 17 and 22 against the number at home. Dallas is, uh, Whatever, I think, twenty three and eighteen uh, on the on the highway as uh, so, you've got to factor in where they are and how they've been playing. i you know this is a game at the end of the day. Utah, you kind of touched on it briefly earlier. Utah isn't a team that just blows people out. They're just they don't seem to have that killer instinct for whatever. You know, being a being a, a Mizzou guy, uh, fuck it. I'll blame Quinn Quinn Snyder. I'll never miss an opportunity to roast Quinn Snyder. But they just don't seem to have that extra gear. Um, every once in a while, they'll blow out shitty teams. You know, you'll see them blow out Portland or OKC or whatever. That means nothing. You look- I was going
1: to say, the only teams I remember Utah blowing out were Portland and Oklahoma City. Right, right. That's, what I was gonna say. That,
0: that's it. Two teams that were, you know, tanking, you know, well, basically since the middle of last season. So uh, I, I just think it's too many points. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, you got a thought on the total?
1: Oh, uh, the total's so tough. I really don't have a thought on the total. Because you're really asking if I think Dallas can make enough three-pointers. The game's going to come down to if Dallas makes three-pointers or not. And that's what's, that's what's going to determine the total as well. So, I don't really have many thoughts. I guess I would lean under. Right. Just hoping Dallas doesn't hit 22 three-pointers again. But it wouldn't surprise me if it went over. No, there's no way I'd play the total in this one.
0: No, I'm, I'm totally... It does
1: seem like the spread's too high, though. Uh,
0: I'm with you. You know, this is a, this is a Dallas team that made, uh, what did they make? Did they make 50%? No, they shot They shot 46.8% from, from downtown. Still put up just 110 points.
1: Yeah, so I, I, it would be under or pass for me, but I'm going to personally stay away from the total.
0: Yeah, it could be. I'd like that number a lot better, about 13, um, two, yep. thir- 213, 212 and a half, something like that. So, again, I lean under because of the trends, but, uh,
1: yeah, I don't want to get involved with that. Yeah. Maybe a Utah team total under potentially if you want to go with that approach because the truth is I'm more scared of Dallas's offense to ruin a total than Utah's because I've seen Utah's offense all year long. I know what they're capable of. Yeah. I know their limitations. I know that late in games, Mitchell has to do everything for this team because Connelly's not very good. O'Neal's not very good. Gobert's useless offensively. Bogdanovich gives you some – production every now and then but it's mostly mitchell dallas can hit a bunch of threes
0: uh the other game here scott is one that should be easy for us because we've each got a play of the day on it and congratulations we looks like we beat about a point of line move you and i both like golden state i laid out my points on the video yeah have anything to add to that you just want to just uh, piggyback off me
1: well mine was posted first so yeah <laughs> whatever you know, you win one play for your free play, <laughs> and you copy my streak. I really, I see how it is, but I would have, you know, I would we,
0: have been copying you earlier if I'd have known that was a strategy. Jesus, you've been—you should have you been, been copying. I know Olympics. you've been hotter I mean, than
1: hell. The in there for you, but yeah, for me, I'm going with the Warriors, of course. I think Denver's the worst team left in the Western Conference, and okay. it sounds like a hot take because Denver was the sixth. Do you think New Orleans right now? Is better than Denver. No, because I we do.
0: we talked about that. That's uh, I'm asking.
1: Do you think New Orleans is New Orleans is better than Denver right now?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think they are because New Orleans. I mean, Denver is so predicated on one guy, and if you can stop Jokic or at least slow him down like Draymond is doing, they got nothing else. They don't have they don't have the bodies to take advantage. The one place you can take advantage of them, you can take advantage of them on the on the perimeter, but they don't have the the, the bodies with the quickness to take advantage of, of that spot for uh, against Denver. So the one it's the place... the same
1: thing I saw last year. Denver was down 2 nothing against Phoenix. Phoenix was the much better team. They were a world beater. And people expected Denver with the altitude to maybe come back. What happened? They got smacked. Yep. Because just because you travel home does not change the fact that you cannot guard anybody on the other team. Golden State's walking into 123 every game... Curry's coming off the bench for the hell of it. Right. Putting up 34 points in 23 minutes. Golden State in game two scored 70 points in a 19 minute span. That is almost impossible. I don't know how you pull that off, and Denver can't even reach
0: 110. hard uh, what can you do? Yeah. I there's nothing. There's nothing you do. We talked about this before the series started, that this would be the one spot. The one spot where they might be able to sneak out a win uh, going back home to altitude for the first game. But they've been, they've been so overmatched, Scott, that I, I think they could, they could give them 10 points back and they'd still win, you know? And I don't think there's going to be any difference. Uh, there's not going to be a bigger difference than 10 points. Uh, Rick Zeff says, back the truck up on the Nuggets tonight, baby. Going right in the face of us. Said, here, I got, yeah, 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 right here, buddy. You can't see me. I got, you I'm just got saying, nothing.
1: depending on how the result goes, I hope it's a small truck. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but I, the way I just can't really see what Denver can do. And you can make an argument that Golden State will shoot worse, you know, than they did at home because they were amazing and a lot of their players couldn't miss. But even just offensively and defensively, what has Denver done well in this series that you think? Can propel them. Jokic has not played great, but let's say Jokic goes for 35. Let's say Jokic has a 35, 15, and 7 game. Okay. Can you stop Golden State from getting to 120? I don't know. Is your second best player in the series arguably Will Barton? Potentially, that's not good enough for me. Could potentially get off to a hot start. We've seen Golden State struggle in the first quarter of some games, but the odds makers have already adjusted to it. They have Denver favored in the first quarter and favored in the first half. But we've seen Golden State in the third quarter, even in the second quarter in Game 2, they just have this gear that they will hit for a five-minute stretch. They'll flip it, and they'll outscore you by 15. That's what I was... It happens every game. That's what I was talking about. it's going to happen again in Game 3.
0: I talked about that on my video, that you'll see Denver wins a quarter, and they win by one or two. And Golden State wins the next quarter, they win by 13 that's then that's yeah. that's the killer you got those little you got those little spurts now Rick's Rick's bringing up the uh the the thing that we talked about yesterday when you have a team that's down 0 to o2 going back home uh first quarter first half generally very good plays that was the case yesterday yeah. they adjusted the number in the Toronto game made Toronto minus one in the first quarter didn't matter they're up by 10 Scott Could could we see the same thing happen in Denver tonight? Absolutely, we We, could.
1: Yeah, we could. Denver needs a good start because they're awful with good starts anyway. Mm -hmm. So if they get a bad start, this is going to snowball. But I think it's going to be a sweep. Uh, The way that I'm just looking at it is the fact that Denver going in, I didn't like them in the matchup. It's somehow gotten even worse for them as the series has gone on. And I don't know if you're going to overreact or not to the players on the team fighting with each other. Because we saw Miami overcome that. But when DeMarcus Cousins is on your team, who I think might be one of the worst teammates in the history of basketball, and he's almost fighting with Will Barton, right. who has 20-something points. Barton was one of the only good players in game Yeah,
0: two. I don't know what that beef was about, but that's that's so not a really I, good I sign. just
1: think that that team is decaying from both the inside and the outside. Right. They might play better at home. I'll give him a five point loss.
0: God, nice nice game for the Yankees, buddy. Yeesh.
1: They might not lose by 16, but if they lose by five, then you still win. So yeah, I think Golden State's gonna win the game.
0: All right. One last one here. Somebody asked you about John Morant over 29. He's gone for twenty he's gone for twenty three and thirty-two in this series. It seemed like Scott, the less they need him, sometimes the better this Grizzlies team plays when they when they become a when they become a better team. And not Jaw focused. Yeah, you, uh, you agree with that?
1: Uh, eh, I don't know. I I think that it goes back to the point I made after game one, which is the fact that Jaw has the ball in his hand so much that a lot of the players stand around and ball watch. And it seemed like that was not the case in game two because Jaw had nine assists, so he got his teammates more involved. I think Jaw's gonna have a big game tonight. I think he might go for thirty plus. Mem- Minnesota's been sagging off more which is forced him to shoot more threes, which I thought would happen. But for me, I think Jaws is going to have a big game. And I guess the question that's going to segue us into something that we have in a second, do you think Minnesota's offense will look more like it did in game one where it scored 130 or more like it did in game two where it only scored 96?
0: I think obviously somewhere in the middle, but I think it's going to tend towards uh, game two. And Yeah, that's how I feel. You know what? Let's do that, Scott. It is time. It is Thursday. Time to put on those Thursday overalls, guys. Get your straw hats out. Climb aboard your John Deere tractor. Put those keys in there. You know, the ones with the lucky keychain, the lucky rabbit's foot there.
1: Do By you... the way, we counting, no opinion on hockey today. Sorry to interrupt. What's that? Uh we counting was asking if we had any thoughts on hockey. You know, you thought... I do not. So yeah. apologies.
0: Okay. There you go. Where was I? Oh yeah. We should uh we should do that thing Play where the music. We should do that thing where we uh, you know, bet the farm. Stop. All right. Are you good? <laughs> We've gone mad. All right. I don't know what the hell was going on there, man. Something was going crazy with the board. Okay. Stop. You know what I'm gonna do? We're, I was gonna
1: say it's right? my day. Do you wanna just do you wanna just mute yourself and I'll just do it? I I
0: literally, I literally just got rid of it. I don't know why we can even still hear it. So okay. anyway, there you go. Scott. Heartbreaking farm situation yesterday.
1: Yeah, super sly cows are drinking. It's 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 an ugly scene at the farm. What's that? The cows are drinking. Yes, it's, the, cow- it's, it's, the cows it's, it's, are it's drinking. They're kicking the bottles farm. over. Yeah.
0: It's Mrs. O'Leary's farm all over again. Mrs. O'Leary's mm-hmm. cow. So, you know, we got to get back on the right side of it. We've got one cooked up for today. We've kind of been alluding to it. We've done everything, but coming right out and saying it. Scott, what do we got cooked up for the farm today?
1: So, we're going to go with the game we just talked about. And we mentioned a lot of positives about Memphis and a lot of negatives about Minnesota. So, of course, we're going to take Memphis minus the one and a half here on the road. The main story of the series has been how everything flipped once Steven Adams was taken out of the rotation. He played three minutes in game two, and Memphis won by 28. The main story, defensively, they can switch everything. Minnesota really did not generate much at all, offensively only scoring 96 points. And Memphis just torched them. They hit a bunch of shots. The spacing was great. A lot of guys made a bunch of shots. And I expect that to be a similar story once again in game three. Plus, Memphis, much better defensive team. The Grizzlies rank fourth in defense efficiency, while the Timberwolves ranked 13th. And to go through some trends, Memphis is 16 and 5 ATS in the last 21 meetings. And the Timberwolves are one and four ATS in their last five home games. We think Memphis is the much better team. They looked like it. They made the adjustment that they need to make. I'm not sure how Minnesota's supposed to counter. Give me the Grizzlies minus one and a half.
0: There you go. That's exactly correct. We think the uh, trend of last game continues. That This Memphis team continues to show that they are the much better basketball team. So we're going to take them with a a relatively short number. We're we're big fans of both small favorites tonight, Scott. Yep. All right. There you go. That's going to do it for the farm kids, and that's going to do it for the show. As always, we thank you guys for stopping by to check us out. Don't forget to check out all the other great shows that we have going on here at the Max Wagers Network. Uh, you know, you got uh, you got Sean Higgs, you got Allie, you got Chris and Jim, you got me and Scott, and, of course, you got the Earl Brothers and Detroit Lenny bringing it home there at 5, and Sean Miller coming, I think, next week. So, a lot of good stuff. Make sure you get over there and get subscribed to the uh, Max Wagers Network channel. And we will uh, do this again tomorrow, Scott. We'll be back at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. We'll be doing a NASCAR show right after that. So, uh, yeah, it's a doubleheader Friday. Make sure you guys uh, stay tuned and check that out. We'll be back tomorrow. Again, to help you on the never-ending journey to do your very best to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then.